Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that this world has to offer. This week, we've got something of a supernatural sci-fi vibe as we put the journey of Alan Strange up against the CITV classic, Mike and Angelo. And for the main event, we've got The Queen's Nose, the show that had every kid growing up in the 90s rubbing the noses of the 50p coins, hoping that all of their wishes will come true. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Good week? Yeah, yeah, it's been alright, it's been alright. Um, I just wanted to uh, make a quick note about John Witherspoon, who uh, was known as Pops to many. He uh, sadly passed away, and uh, I thought it was worth mentioning because uh, he was the voice of Grandad in The Boondocks. And uh, he was a very famous, prominent actor. He was also Willie Jones in Friday. And he also starred in uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, some some sad news there to uh, start the podcast with. But, yeah, John Witherspoon was a, was a great actor, incredibly iconic, and uh, thoughts go out to uh, his family. And so let's uh, get started with uh, this week's pod. And we're going to start with uh, the special this week. So that's The Queen's Nose. So uh, it first came on our air in, or came on TV in November 1995. Some of the things that were happening in the world, you had Queen Elizabeth II, who signed a historic legislation apologizing to Maoris over land confiscated by the crown in the 19th century. And you had Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin, who was assassinated at a peace rally in Tel Aviv by a Jewish Jewish extremist who didn't really like that he was talking to Palestinians and, and all of that. Also, Princess Diana admitted in a TV interview that she had cheated on Prince Charles. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, was in the cinemas. And Fantasy by Mariah Carey was number one. Now, let's see if you actually know this song. I probably know it, but I don't know it. Do you remember in Rush Hour? Yeah. The little girl in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the song that she's singing. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be able to sing it to you, but I remember. Yeah, I remember the little girl in Rush Hour. Yeah, she's like singing she the song, and yeah, and they're all like, because obviously she's like the the consulate's daughter, and they can't say nothing, so they're all in the car, just like, what the <laughs> hell are we doing in this car? And she's, you know, singing the song, and yeah. And so let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about the uh, the Queen's Nose, which was a. Uh, uh, a, a, a children's novel written by uh, Ronald Gordon Kingsmith or known by his pen name Dick Kingsmith which first was published in 1983 and the story is basically about a girl who can use a 50 pence piece coin to make wishes 
which she gets from her her uncle Ginger. And basically she wants an animal of her own, but her parents refuse because they think animals are are dirty and filthy. She has a 15-year-old sister, Melody, who is very vain, always looking in the mirror, always, yeah, just being really superficial. And Harmony obviously has a, if I haven't said already, yeah, Harmony is 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 the name of uh, of the character, and so basically, yeah, she's the she's she believes that animals are more interesting than human beings, and most of the time, she always pictures people she meets to be animals. So she believes that her dad is a sea lion, and her mother a pouter pigeon, and her sister is a Siamese cat. And then, in 1995, it got adapted into a TV series. So this was what we kind of know, and this is what we were watching. As I said before, there's Harmony, there's her big sister, Melody. You had Arthur, who's the dad. You had Audrey, and you had Uncle Ginger. So those were the kind of the main, the main prominent characters, and then obviously her best mate best mate tom so uh queen's nose what what do you want to say about the queen's nose let's let's talk about it i don't really want to say a lot about it to be honest why not um so when i was younger my sister this is a special you have to say something i'll about say something nose. about it but it's not necessarily going to be positive um my remember what i said just because we're doing this podcast bringing back all the best shows doesn't mean we have to like them all that's true. Um, I mean, so I I do have kind of fond memories of it because my sister used to love it as a um, as a when we were kids. She was a little bit older than I was, but um, I didn't mind it as as a kid. You know, all these kind of magicy, wishy things and great fun. But then I watched it this time around. I think I got a couple of episodes in. Worst first couple of episodes where. She gets that rabbit thing and then yeah. it's invisible and make a wish, but don't make a wish because it's kind of like the. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Simpsons episode where it has the monkey hand. Where they, oh, the Halloween episode. Yeah, where they make a wish, but then it's like a bad spin on the wish every time. No, but he he didn't use it properly. Yeah, I know. Then Ned got, gets hold of it and it's like the best thing in the world, right? Yeah. But, um, but so it's kind of like that. It's a little bad spin on everything that she wishes for. And then. I kind of skipped forward quite a few episodes um, to see how it progressed. And it didn't progress well. It just got more kind of irritating. and So I, I was watching an episode where they're on a barge, they're on some sort of... Harmony's holiday. Yeah, so they're kind of on a holiday thing and they meet these kind of... This little thieving kid keeps robbing stuff and then and they end up having to like work together because he can make he gets the coin and then only he can make the wishes for her and this and that and the other um anyway to get up to some shenanigans and uh, i was like okay i'm out i thought you were gonna say something else other than shenanigans <laughs> when you're like Shh. i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa where's this going <laughs> sir this is a kid's podcast this is for the children Tick that box, tick the box, exquisite content. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had to do it once out of like 12, 13 episodes, so I'm really I'm really pleased by that. And that was only one show that really... Yeah, <laughs> the Boondocks. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Okay. I liked the Queen's Nose growing up. I thought it was probably the, one of the more iconic CBBC shows of the 90s. It has to be. Yeah. If you're compiling a top 10 list of iconic CBBC shows and the Queen's Nose ain't on it, you need to go back and you need to go do your list again. However, as I'm older now, I'm 31 years old, the idea of kids being rebellious and kids being, kids defying their parents and defying the man and defying the system, it just doesn't quite have that appeal to me anymore. And so I'm watching all of this now and I'm watching how Harmony is this rebel rouser, this rule breaker. And it is getting on my swede. I'm like, could someone do something about this unruly teen and do something about her? Like this is out of hand. What what is what is going on? Where are her parents? Where are where's the discipline? But that's a that's a good point because they're they seem like quite neglectful parents. Like they're not they don't pay attention to to the kids. Yeah, they seem Arthur to be is... they seem to be very absent and when they are around the, the mum's always like, Oh no, it's just school holidays, you give me a headache. I'm gonna go upstairs for six weeks. I was gonna say that. <laughs> and then the dad's like reading his paper, whatever you say, I don't care. Or consumed with his work. Yeah, exactly. So um quite yeah. I thought that was a theme across the Yeah, but with her I found Harmony to be so irritating. She didn't deserve a coin that could grant her wishes. She didn't deserve any of that. And later on in the first series, she gets into an accident where she gets hit by a truck. A truck? Yeah. She could have easily died, but she was, she was in a rush to go somewhere. And there's a sign that says, give way to vehicles. She's like, ah, sod it, I'm just going to go. On what? Is she walking? No, she's on her bike. On a bicycle. And lo and behold, <laughs> collides with the big old truck and she's lucky enough to live to tell the tale. And then in the hospital, she's just causing a riot, ruckus causing a riot. And in the end, the doctor's like, just get her out of here. And they're like, are you sure? They're like, and he's just like, I don't care. Just get her out. She's doing my head in. So maybe we're being a bit harsh on the parents. Maybe maybe it's all her. Maybe I'd say it's all her. She's driven her mum, do lally. <laughs> like, why do you think the mum is how she is? Because she's all like, oh, harmony. And her mum's losing her ever-loving mind because she's got this little girl who just doesn't know when to stop, doesn't yeah. know when to when to quit. And so that was one really I thought that was the kind of ongoing theme, particularly in the first series. But yeah. I think as we learn and as we go along go along, Harmony does mature and she does grow up. She she doesn't end up being uh that 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 silly little girl who, who's just going out of her way to make everyone's life misery. And yeah, there was another thing in the uh, the first series where um, 
she wishes for this really fancy bike and the the people of the the bike owner shop or whatever were like oh okay well we'll give you this bike for free but you're going to have to do something for us so she has to do an interview and she has to like be on tv and in that tv interview she basically exposes and she tells them what their family is like she's like oh my dad is doesn't really pay attention to me my mom is is crazy and my my sister melody is 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 thick and the whole neighborhood the whole family have come around to to watch this interview and they're like what the hell is wrong with you why would you say all of those things about us to this man or whatever and just humiliating us in front of our family and in front of national television so that was like the 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 the, the height the peak of just how horrible and and unruly harmony was yeah i don't want to say man like this show, say something this show was like uh i remember it being quite a cool you know it's quite a cool concept right yeah, especially yeah, as kids yeah. it captures your imagination oh yeah i'll do this and i'll do that and every like, kid in the 90s had a 50 pence coin and tried to make a wish and that wish would never ever come true uh, I, I I wish for for more wishes or oh I wish uh, my mom buys me this brand new bike or my dad buys me this games console. I wish the Beano was still fifty p. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I did it. I'm not gonna front. I I I I did that too. So uh, that 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 necessarily doesn't. Uh, doesn't matter. Oh, and and the other final thing about series one, I will say that. Okay, so her friend Tom, he's a big football fan. He's a big football nut, and that's great. Awesome. He's wearing a top that says Gunners, and it's got the Arsenal badge on it, and it's all well and good. It's, it's all good in the hood. He's a, from what I tell, he's a an Arsenal supporter, if he's wearing that shirt. Then all of a sudden, he's like to Harmony, oh, can you please make a wish for me so that I can play with Gary Mabbott? And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Gary Mabbott is a Tottenham legend. Dude played for Tottenham for his entire career. One-man club. He's as lily white as there can be. Why would an Arsenal supporter be talking about Gary Mabbott of all the Tottenham players of that era? Don't pick the guy who's like a Tottenham Hotspur lifer. I don't know. Pick, pick Rule Fox. Pick Chris Armstrong. Pick... Pick Naeem for bleeding sake. Don't don't pick Gary Mabbott. That was really, I thought, irresponsible and clumsy from the producers, directors, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that 
Like who 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 did that? Who was responsible for that? I think there must have been a blunder, but I uh, being a non-football fan, I went over my head anyway. They could have said any name. Yeah, but for me, I am a football fan. I am gonna notice and 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 and, and spot any subtleties, any um anything where anomalies and things like that i am going to notice that i am going to realize that and if something doesn't quite add up or it's not cricket it is a pretty clumsy error like it's it's about as clumsy as you can get like arsenal tottenham why would you have them like in that in that in that in that sense why would you juxtapose Arsenal and Tottenham like that. If it was if it was like an Arsenal Chelsea or Tottenham Chelsea or Chelsea anything like that, okay, whatever. It can it can work out, but why why would a boy wearing an Arsenal shirt yeah. be talking about a Tottenham legend, a Tottenham lifer? You don't get more Tottenham in the 1990s than Gary Mappert. You just don't. I'm sure Tottenham fans will be like, oh, what about Teddy Sheringham? Or what about Klinsman? Or what about... Whatever, man. Gary Mabber played for your club from day one until the end of his career. I don't think he played for another club. No, that no, that really that really wound me up. When I, I can was... tell it wound you up, but I just... It, it went straight over my head. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, and then uh, series one kind of comes to an end where Uncle Ginger, he has a bit of an accident in uh, India. Harmony then uses her last wish to wish that Uncle Ginger becomes better, which he does. And he surprises her on her birthday by coming back from India or wherever he was. And yeah, it obviously the end of the uh, uh the cycle of the wishes had come to an end so what she kind of had to do was to give up the give up the coin and hopefully someone else will have the fortune and someone else will uh be able to benefit from the queen's nose and so that's how series one ended. And then as you were kind of briefly talking about Harmony's holiday, this was all... Yeah, actually, no, that wasn't Harmony's holiday. That was series three. So they're living with their auntie Glenda on yeah. a canal barge. With Rosie and Jim. Yeah, pretty... <laughs> but actually, Rosie and Jim is coming up very, very soon. So... Uh... If you loved Rosie and Jim, guys, stay tuned to Yesterday's Capers. Wink, wink. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, series two, I think that was where the Queen's nose just so happens to fall back onto Harmony's lap. And I think her dad, Arthur, gets arrested because of some dodgy things at work. Melody and... It's Melody, isn't it? It's not Melanie. Melody, yeah. Yeah, it's Melody like the Melody. <laughs> yeah, and so she, her and Gregory go steady. And by the way, yeah, Gregory's her, he's like this 
silly, blithering idiot of a who I think they end up getting married and having a baby together and and all of that. But yeah, so that's when they start to get serious and then Harmony's uh, dad gets arrested and it kind of, the whole series kind of is based around that. And I think, yeah, they eventually work it out using the Queen's nose. And then series three, which you watched. So, uh... Yeah. Um... Series three, there's uh, who uh, enthusiasm, Paul enthusiasm. I just uh, give it some gusto. Series <laughs> three of the Queen's Nose was about them living with their auntie Glenda in a canal barge in the middle of wherever the hell they were. Yeah, I don't know who because they had these. Um, there's this little thieving kid that just tries to rob them all the time. Then I don't know how, but he and it manages. He ends up getting the coin. Yeah. I think it was his turn. I think it was. Yeah. So then, and then she goes, she's got a book now that she can talk to her uncle with. I'm not sure when she got that book. Probably in between series one and two. Yeah. So she's got this book and then he's like, oh no, this guy has to do all the wishes now. You're not allowed any more wishes. Uh, then he wishes, he, this little kid's like quite hungry. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get fed at home or something. And he comes in and like, he wishes for like a big plate of pasta or something in the pa- and it doesn't stop. I remember this. It doesn't stop growing and it just comes I out of his plate and he pushes it away and he's like, ah, he's a boy or a little girl. He's a boy or a little boy. Yeah, no, I remember this is, this is like classic. Yeah. The and, pasta, yeah. And then he, and then they're doing some, uh, they have some uh, plant thing going on. Some like um, nursery with the building, making all the plants. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they'll die, I think, and then they make a wish to the, so the plants will grow and grow, and then they do grow, and it grows out and smashes all the windows. And I think that was about the point I turned it off. Why would you turn it off? Why would you not find out what happens at the end? Or what you could have done was what just watch the last episode. I should have done, but I didn't because it was just wasn't it wasn't as I remembered it to be. Which was quite disappointing in a way because I expected it to be like at least a little bit, you know. Obviously, it's going to be cheesy. Obviously, it's going to be like a kind of the the kids drama thing. But yeah, it wasn't like um, it wasn't anything like I remembered it, and it's kind of ruining the nostalgia for me. Um, so yeah, I was. No, but why? Uh, like yeah, but I, that's I, the thing. I wasn't interested in to to know what happened even at the end of an episode. It was yeah. it wasn't that gripping for me. So I was just like, you know what? I don't even care how to get out of that one. I mean, <laughs> and I think that says a lot about the writing in, uh, of the show, doesn't it? But I think because normally I can like I, I want to know what happens at the end. At least yeah. even if it's like a, I mean, I watched Batman versus Superman all the way to the end. Um. And I was and I and I was on a plane. I wasn't even in the cinema, so I do have some determination to get through a bad movie or TV program. Oh. was the boy called Dino? This sounds familiar. Yeah, probably blonde kid. <laughs> you should pay more attention. But um, so as the Queen's nose kind of progresses and moves on. Arthur and Audrey, they open a a children's centre or an adoption centre. So they... What, the girls, Harmony's parents? Yeah. 
Opening. So they end up looking after a whole bunch of kids and they, between them all, have a run or have a go with the Queen's nose. Obviously, Harmony comes back at the end and she's like, oh, how did you find the Queen's nose? Did you use it to make wishes and did you use it sensibly and so on and so forth? And obviously, yeah, this is where Melody and Gregory, I think they get married and they kind of move away. But yeah, the as the later series progress, they uh, kind of fade out the uh, harmony and melody. So it's all about Arthur, Audrey, and they have all these kids and they're all kind of looking after these kids and they turn, yeah, they turn a, a home into like a, not, 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 not like a... Like a foster, foster home. Foster home, that's it, yeah. I couldn't even think of the word foster home. But yeah, that's that's what they end up doing, opening up a foster centre, yeah, and they have all these all these kids. And then... So basically it turns into Tracy Beaker. Pretty much. And then Series 6, so I How think... How long did it run for? It went on until 2003. No. Not yeah. that late, surely not. But it wasn't the Queen's Nose as we know it. It was completely different people. I think the the last ever series was completely different to what... It was, I think, with a little boy who has a ferret and he starts... Oh, yeah, the ferret starts the talking, talking ferret. to him. Yeah, so I remember watching that as a kid. So that was like the last Queen's Nose and it had none of the characters that we remember as kids. It became a completely different... A pretty different show, but um, with uh, with with series six, I think that was kind of the last sort of episode that had Melody and Gregory. I think it's set in their house, and I think a couple of them live with Melody and Gregory. And Melody appears on top of the pops because she wants to be a singer, and I think she has like a song "Dreams Come True." I'm not sure if she actually released it. But yeah, she has a song. We'll probably play it in the background so you can hear it and enjoy it. I'm sure you will. But yeah, so that's uh, yeah. I think that's uh, in terms of episodes and things that happened in the Queen's Nose. What happened right at the end? Like, what was what? Did they have any resolve to the coin? Did no, they spend it's, it? it's once once your wishes run out, you let the coin go. And then whoever finds it, he gets a set of wishes. Remember, it's a magical coin. It's not going to... What do you reckon happened to the Queen's nose when they re-minted the uh, 50 pence piece? Do you reckon... Well, it... well, uh, well, the whole premise of it is that you just have to rub the nose. As long as the nose... Yeah, no, but it was a specific coin, wasn't it? It wasn't just a generic 50p. So what I'm saying is, when that's... Because uh, do you remember the old 50p's? Like, you could... You could take someone out of these things. They were huge. And then they made... Oh, they were quite thick, weren't they? Yeah. So when they became skinny, what happened to the coin then? They just melt it down and become a... Maybe. Or... or No, because... Look, it, you only have to rub the nose. It doesn't really matter. As long as it has the same... Octagonal... So it, hexagonal... Yeah, so what I'm saying is... But it was a specific How coin. How many sides is a 50p coin? Five, isn't it? One, two, three. That's a pentagon. Four, no, five. it's not five. I don't have one on me. Do you? No, I don't. I have a one pound coin. That's really helpful. 
Well, it's two fifty p's. Where? Yeah. Oh, you have one. No, I have one pound coin. <laughs> I'm gonna say it has six sides. All right, so I'm gonna bet five. Can we? Can we have Google now? I'm gonna Google it. How many sides does a fifty pence piece have? Oh, it's... what? How many sides did you say? I said five. It's definitely not five. I know that Bottom for a fact. Two You've out. lost already. Four, five. Okay. No. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, not seven. Come on. It is. I don't believe you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's got I've seven got, sides. I've got 50 pence um, out just out there. No, you don't. All right. You're right. Fair enough. It's seven sides, isn't it? Yep. What is a seven-sided shape called? Not dodecahedron. Septagon. It's got to be something to do with sept, doesn't it? Dodecahedron is... Uh, it's a heptagon. 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 That's what I said, heptagon. No, you said septagon, because you thought seven septagon, you tried to be clever. Because it's pentagon, hexagon, heptagon, octagon, nine-tagon, and then dodecahedron's ten. I think. I thought that was 12. No, dodecahedron is not... I'm I'm looking it up. Nine-sided shape is a enigon or nonagon. Ah, I was right. I said nonagon. Ah! Did you? I said it. I said it. I'm counting that. I said I said nine nineagon, but nonagon nineagon. Come on, it's it's tomato to, tomato tomato, man. Eh? It's the same, huh? Huh? And then ten side. I'm on a. It's roll a decagon here. for surely for ten. Dodecahedron. No man, that's twelve. It's not. What's a dodecahedron? Twelve sides. Thank you very much, dodecahedron. And what was ten? It was uh, De- decagon. Decagon. All right, fine. You got you got one right. Two. I got a decagon and dodecahedron. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let's let's. <laughs> Let's 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 bring it to an end now. The Queen's nose. Yeah, enough said. Moving on to the head to head. That's my line. <laughs> That's my line. Come on. <sighs> I can't believe this is the, the slander that we're giving the Queen's nose. Like Victoria Shallot, who played Harmony, we're so sorry. We love the show and one day I would love to have you on my podcast. No, I think it's it. Look, look, don't do me wrong. It has a lot of nostalgia there. I just don't think some things are best left with the rose tinted glasses on. And maybe we, I'll just. Can you not? I'll keep them on and leave them over. Can there. you not say that? Because then that way that will make my podcast look bad. Why are you? Why are you digging up these shows from the past, for man? No, I just think like obviously sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, right? Like sometimes you get a show and you think, what on earth? Like look, like that show. Um, uh, last week with the um, the the Stones one, Children of the Stones, Children of the Stones. Like the, we we brought that back from the seventies, was seventies, right? And that was fantastic. Like I didn't even know what that show was, but then <laughs> and then we come back and you know some it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. And for me this week it didn't work. Well, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. I, 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 I will always have fond memories of The Queen's Nose because it's a show that I remember watching so fondly as a kid. It was a lovely, lovely show. I might not like Harmony, but it was a good show. And I think we should leave it at that. 
I'm gonna fight your mic down. You dare. <laughs> right. Let's go on to the head-to-head portion now. And we're going to start with the journey of Alan Strange. So we're going back now to November 1997. And in Des Moines, Iowa, Bobby McCaughey gives birth to septuplets. We were talking about shapes just a second ago. That was close. So how many is that? Seven. That's seven, yeah. So, And this was the second known case where all seven babies are born alive and the first one where they all survive infancy. So that was pretty awesome. Was that, um, I don't, maybe you don't have the information to hand, was that a natural conception or was that... Um, I would imagine so. So or cesarean? No, I mean like, a, was it like a IVF or was it? I think she gave birth. Yeah, no, yeah, she gave birth to septuplets and they all survived the infancy, which is... So they weren't heptuplets then? Mary McAleese is elected the eighth president of Ireland in succession to Mary Robinson. So this is the first time in the world that one woman succeeded another as elected head of state. Anastasia was in the cinemas, which for me is the most slept on Disney film. Anastasia. This is about the Russian girl. See, I never got the point of doing a story about Anastasia because it was just made-up fictional BS. Well, if you look at the Russian royal family, I'm just going to delve into a little history lesson here. They all died in that room. Nobody survived. Because when uh, the Bolshevik Revolution took place they uh they had the royal family so czar nicholas and his wife and three four girls and one boy they all had them locked up in the room and basically they were all executed in that room and there was always a a misconception or a story that one escaped anastasia and she lived in Germany and she somehow managed to escape Lenin's mob from killing her, which it didn't happen. She sadly perished with her family. But Anastasia was the uh, the Disney film where they did that whole story and I I, I, I liked it. It's a very... Very underrated uh, Disney film. It's not. It's not one of the ones that gets shouted about the most. I don't think I've seen it. I mean, I've I kind of kind of rings a bell, but I don't think I've actually seen the movie. And what was number one in the charts in November nineteen ninety seven? I am so sorry, guys. It's got to be Spice Girls, isn't it? Ninety seven. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Cam. You want to go for a ride? Yep. Aqua and Barbie no. was number one in the charts. Goodness me. Now, there isn't a song that is more polarizing than this song in my opinion. You have people who absolutely love it, and you have people who absolutely hate it. I'm one of the hate it people 
but yeah, it's just irritating, man. Every time it comes on, it's just irritating, isn't it? It's just it's unbelievably catchy, but no, no, absolutely. it's catchy and to the point of where you want to scratch your own eyes out. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, I'm not looking forward to the edit on this one because we're going to be listening to it <laughs> at least. You got one for placing, one for transitions, one for filters, one for checking. That's at least four times we're going to have to listen to it. Come <clears throat> on, Bobby, let's go party! <laughs> oh, no. yeah. oh God, yeah, you're just going to be listening to that. No. Oh. All right, let me go on to the show before I uh, before I lose my mind. <laughs> Okay, so the journey of Alan Strange. So this is the story of a young Zalen, Zealand, Zalen alien who is trying. I'm gonna do that again. <laughs> okay, so this follows the story of a young Zealand alien boy who. He's not an alien boy. Okay. Oh my god. So this follows the story of a young Zealand alien who ends up being stranded strand what Stra- stranded Stra- str- stranded stranded yeah why well, what he was stranded yeah <laughs> he was yeah totally stranded on the planet earth and then landed in Shoreditch oh god okay okay so the journey of Alan Strange follows a young Zealand alien who is stranded on Earth and meets up with a young girl called Robbie. I don't know why that would be a girl. Unless it's Roberta. And her younger brother Josh and her father Ken, who was her single dad. You know how I kept saying that the structure and the family was always so important? Yet most shows I watched, they have the parents divorced and not together. So maybe in the 90s, that's when it started to become a thing where... Single parents for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily have to have a mom and a dad. You yeah. can have a mom or a dad. But it doesn't have to be. I would like to just just have interest. I'd like to see the divorce rates in the early late eighties, early nineties, and then the correlation between that and um, yeah, you know the uh, the TV. Well, I, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no, that I I find that um, interesting. And so when they find this uh, alien boy, they they give him the name Alan Strange. Because they're like, oh, who, who, who are you? We don't really know who you are and what, what you're, what you're about. And he has extraordinary powers, including the ability to turn into alien form. He can hover. He can play basketball really well. Yep. And he has he uses abilities to bring a mannequin in a sporting goods store to life. And this animated mannequin actually poses, he, he gets him to be his father so that they can go to like parent-teacher conferences and things like that. He is extremely intelligent. He can read really fast by placing his hand on the cover of a book. He's got 
advanced dexterity and athletic muscle memory. Like you said, he's really, really good at basketball. And he can duplicate the trajectory of shots when he tries it himself. And the reason, yeah, he, when he said that he came to earth as the alien, whatever, he decided to disguise himself as a, a black boy because he thought that this was a, a way to get involved and not simulate, but uh, adapt into, or yeah, to get into, because he thought that was the way to get involved and things like that. So now you said that you actually liked this show. Yeah. Uh, what um, I'm interested, did it broadcast in the UK? Yeah, it used to come on CBBC. No way. I never used to watch it. Oh, I rarely watched it. Yeah, see, I the first my first impression was it was basically ET. Right? Yeah, if ET could shape shift, yeah, this would what it would been like. So basically, it's about the little boy. So the alien boy comes down and he's 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 stowed aboard a ship. Yeah, right. They, and his parents don't know that he's on the planet. Yeah, so he's got to find a way of contacting him to tell him he's on the he's on planet Earth, and he's got to try and get home. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the whole pretty premise much. Of the, and his goal is to return to his home planet. Yeah. Um so I I I'd never really heard of this before. I'd never seen it, never heard of it. Um I had heard of it and I knew briefly what it was about, but because it was sci-fi and it had that kind of vibe to it, I'd never really got into it or I never when it was on TV I would Never really watch it. Yeah. If like CBBC was showing it, I'd probably ch- switch over to CITV. Be like, oh, what's on CITV? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way to 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 watch the journey of of Anna Strange. So what I quite liked about this show was that, um, it was uh, so I'm just out of a bit of like a uh bit of background. I watched Mike and Angelo before this. Mm-hmm. So when I watched this one, I was like, I was really impressed with like, uh, it was a really kind of, it wasn't a fresh concept because, you know, Spielberg and stuff like that had done it before. <laughs> but um, actually, yeah, it was before, right? Because the special effects were, for TV were quite good. Um, oh, this, yeah, obviously, yeah, E.T. was the 80s and this was like the 90s. So. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I thought it was really good. And I, I, what I liked is that it was kind of, they were really smart and they had like these little things and they had the, 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 the adult guy was a bit of a, the, the alien watcher guy who was, Oh called, yeah. So him. he, th- is it, they, they have like kind of a nemesis where that he's, he's <laughs> like convinced that aliens are going to come and uh, have landed and, you know, yeah. into the crop circles and watching the skies and this and that. He kind of cottons on to this, this boy's existence. And, but I really like the kind of, uh, the, the technology and the, the the things that they get up to and stuff like that. I thought it was just, I thought it was really clever, really cool, really fresh, really fresh TV show. Well, I one thing that you couldn't help noticing because I remember when I used to read the TV guides and be like, "Oh, hey, what's on?" and "What's what's on TV?" and then you see this program and it's like, "Oh, the journey of Alan Strange," and instantly I kind of thought, "Oh, it's probably just going to be a." Uh, a white guy or whatever, I'm watching this sh- and then I see it back then the first time thinking, wait a second, the main character is black. 
it is centered on a black guy. The cast around him may be predominantly white, but the main protagonist, the main the main guy is a black guy. And part of that, part of me was looking at it thinking, hey, that's that's pretty cool. I it wasn't cool enough to get me to watch it, but nonetheless it was still cool that this show had a black guy playing the lead and this was like a, a sci-fi show and on Nickelodeon. So I thought that was, that was fairly cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I just thought it was like, it was cool how the kids were clever. It was cool how they, you know, it was like, how can I explain it? It was like, um, there was no one playing the kind of moron especially especially in the main characters the and the antagonist was a little bit of a moron but um <laughs> but even that was like um because obviously uh you have a hard time convincing someone that aliens exist right of course um yeah so yeah like if if you're looking um if you're telling someone oh, I saw a UFO last night or you go on YouTube I saw oh, I was a really convincing video there's a UFO it's all rubbish right um <sighs> Do, 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 you know, do you know what I mean? So what I'm saying, people are going to laugh at you and and that guy is, kind of plays the part well because he's got to try and convince people that this little boy that you can see and you can touch and is an alien. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's, he kind of plays in a bit of an idiot but it kind of works because everyone would be looking at you like if I was to say, oh, this little boy's an alien. <laughs> people are not going to take you seriously, right? That's true, that's true. I think there was an interesting episode that of uh, of this program where they was doing like a, a Black History Month thing in school and they're learning about slavery and the civil rights movement and he was very naive on the subject because he's an alien. He ain't a black guy. He might have the form of a black guy, but he's not a black guy. Yeah. So he brings in plain black poster boards for his uh, Black History Month presentation because he's thinking it's the color black <laughs> and not <laughs> black people. <laughs> so that was that was pretty interesting. And he has to then learn about all the things that happened. So he will learn about the civil rights movement. He learned about slavery and learned that the form that you've taken, that's, you pick that form and you're going to learn that people that look like you haven't always had it, hadn't always had it so good. I so, mean, that being said, he is stranded on a alien planet without his parents and his parents don't even know where they, where he is. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, that was a uh, that was a uh, that was one thing. And um, in terms of episodes, okay, yeah, this is probably like the first show where I didn't really have an appetite to go back and watch the episodes. I mean, I did watch the pilot, and did I watch another one? I want to say that I did. Maybe I didn't. So this is the first time you've not done your homework. I did my homework. <laughs> I've got it in front of me. But I never really had an appetite to 
watch this. It watch sounds this like program. It sounds like the the Queen's nose was that for me, and this is. But I'm surprised because I thought this one was like really cool and fun and like it was everything. Like it was great, great fun for me to watch. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, uh, look, because one thing I will say about this program was I liked it a lot better now than I did as a kid. Yeah. As a kid, this show did, didn't do anything for me. I didn't even know it existed, so clearly it didn't go. do anything for me. I think it gives you a, <laughs> an idea, but yeah, this, this show, this show didn't do anything for me because... Yeah, it was it was sci-fi. It was uh, I don't know. It was just but I yeah. What watching it when I did, I I did think you know what? Okay, this is this ain't so bad. This ain't the worst thing in the world. But I just thought that yeah, uh, yeah. It's not something that I want to go out of my way to to watch. Yeah, I mean, if I had to watch 10 episodes more of it, I'll would, I would quite happily sit and watch 10, 10 episodes more. If you like this show so much, then you can at least tell me a couple of your favourite episodes. So the pilot was good, where, where he got bashed up by the... Um, uh, Who got bashed up? The little the little kid. Do you know, I don't even know the kid's name. I forgot. Oh, Alan Strange. What's his name? Alan Strange? Is that his name? It's the name of the show! <laughs> The journey of Alan Strange. But I, I thought because I wanted to say Johnny just now, but um, hopefully that was wrong. Um, bum, bum. No, 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 no. So yeah, the pilot and the basketball and he things. I think I watched the first two episodes, but I can't remember what the second one was about. Then I watched another one where um, they went to a bowling alley. And they're basically trying to open up a wormhole for him to to uh, to go back. And they accidentally they open it up, but they can't close the wormhole. And the the, the other little kid falls into the the wormhole, and he's just falling through space and time. Um, and when I want to say the other kid because I can't remember their name. Um, and anyway, so he's falling falling through space and time. And then the girl and um, Robbie and Josh. Yeah, so Josh fell in, and then Robbie and um, Alan need to get him back because he's just fallen through space and time. They need to get a mannequin to go into the thing and get him back. Um, and then when they, because the they don't really, he falls in it, and then they kind of they leave the, the place to try and figure out what to, to get him back. And when they come back, the whole bowling alley's been swallowed by this wormhole so they need to close it because otherwise the whole earth will be swallowed uh, into this thing and anyway so then they they end up going back and they have to close it but they don't get what they want and they're kind of back to square one which I think was what happens most episodes but it was really good I mean and also what kind of annoyed me about this was there was hardly any information about Alan Strange on the internet like at all I at least with like when we were saying that Wayne Head and Seabear and Jamal, there was hardly any places that you could watch it. It was kind of like at least they had information about the show. That at least they had some information about each episode. Whereas 
with Alan Strange, it was there was a few episodes knocking about on the usual places, but there wasn't anything written up about these shows. There wasn't like an episode guide or an episode synopsis. There wasn't anything out there that could give you information. And I thought that was really, really, really surprising considering it was a a Nickelodeon show. I'm sure that there would have been... How many many series did it run for? I think about two or three. Yeah, I mean, with so little information, it sounds like it fell flat on its face. Well, there was hardly any information. Yeah. I mean, okay, I get it. There's loads of links and you can watch it and what and what have you, but there wasn't any information to to take away from the show whereas every 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 single thing that we do or m- the majority of the the programs that we end up looking at, there is going to be a fair amount of 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 information whereas for Alan Strange there was nothing. Virtually nothing. Which probably aided and was the contributing factor as to why maybe I didn't watch as many or see as many as many um as many episodes but uh yeah that's uh that's Alan Strange we move on to uh yes the real main event Mike and Angelo so we're now going back to March 1989. And so that was when Michelangelo made its TV debut. So the things that were happening in the world, you had the first free elections in the USSR. So you had 190 million votes cast and Boris Yeltsin was the winner. The Louvre Pyramid, the Louvre Pyramid designed by IMP is inaugurated by French President Francois Mitterrand. And New York Met stars Keith Hernandez and Dow Strawberry famously nearly come to blows in front of reporters and TV crews at spring training. I just remember Dow Strawberry from The Simpsons, where Mr. Burns sets up uh, a softball team because he wants to beat Shelbyville. And... Initially, he had this whole plan where he wanted to get like these old legends, and Smithers is like, "They're all dead," <laughs> and so he's like, "Oh, <laughs> let me get all these other ones." So he gets like Mike Sosa, he gets um, Jose Canseco. That's it, Jose Canseco. He was in the episode, and then Dow Strawberry. He takes Homer's place, and Bart and Lisa are like heckling him, going, "Daryl, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daryl." And he gets really upset. So that's the yeah, Daryl Strawberry. Fletch Lives was in the cinemas. And The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics was number one in the charts. Ah, and the universe makes sense again. Paul has no idea what this song is. What is it? Living? The Living Years. The Living Years by, by Mike and the Mechanics. So Mike and Angelo. This was a, uh, a sci-fi TV sitcom series that ran on CITV between March 1989 and March 2000, so 11 years. So this is centered on a character called Angelo, 
answers to the name who he's an alien who comes from another world and the portal from his world is out of a wardrobe in a bedroom of a kid called mike and so there was two angelos there was one that was played by uh tyler butterworth and the second mike was tim white and also this the mike i mean sorry sorry angelo so this is the angelo that we all know Tim Whitenall, he's the one that kind of played it from 1990 until the end of the end of its run. And there's always a, a tandem with a character called Mike. So together, Mike and Angelo are always getting up to all sorts. And they're coming up with crazy schemes and inventing things. And actually, yeah, just trying to sum up summoning up historical figures from the past obviously with the whole regeneration thing there's a lot of doctor who vibes maybe he's a, a time lord as well like like the doctor but yeah um michelangelo is probably the tv show that i most remember from my childhood and it's the the tv show that like citv for me had a golden period between i'm gonna say 1995 till about 1998 i thought between those years the itv was untouchable that's what i used to watch as a kid cbbc was the odd show that might come on sure i'll watch it but predominantly mainly we, we used to always watch the itv as 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 as, as kids and it was only, I think, after a period of time where CITV fell off a cliff. That's when you started watching CBBC a lot more. But those three years, man, CITV was was on top for me in terms of British television programming after school. Couldn't touch the CITV. I think I have to agree. I mostly most of the things I remember from my childhood childhood were CITV. I yeah. don't remember watching a lot of uh, CBBC. I never even watched Blue Peter um, as a youngster. Did you not? No. What? I, obviously, I watched the odd couple, but um, I wanted to watch kind of cartoons and things of like a thing. I wasn't interested in watching like a kind of magazine format show. It wasn't like um, so it wasn't any. It wasn't something I was interested in um, as a, as a kid. I wanted to watch cartoons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with uh, Michelangelo, like there was a Michelangelo that I remember, and then there's Michelangelo at the beginning where I had no idea. So, as I was saying, uh, Tim Whitenall was the Angelo that we all, or at least the one that I remember watching. But from 1989 to about what 91 or or, or 1990, there was um, for the first I think couple of series, it was. Tyler Butterworth who played Angelo and you had a completely different kid from the Mike that I remember so it starts with Mike and Rita so Rita she's an American woman she moves to London from Boston because she gets a brand new job and she brings her son Mike and Mike doesn't really like the fact that they've had to move to England he misses America he misses his friends obviously he misses his dad because yeah mum and dad uh 
have separated and he finds that there's someone in his wardrobe, Angelo. And so from then on, he that's how they kind of meet and they uh, have a, the tandem of Mike and Angelo begins. Again, it's sort of similar to Doctor Who in the sense that Doctor Who always has a companion, always has someone with him for the journey, for the ride. And uh, yeah, so this first sort of phase of Michelangelo was was these two and they would always get up to no good and and then after a couple of years Mike Mike's dad comes to visit from America and he sees that his son is really struggling at school but he notices that his son is really really good at football and so Mike's dad is like this is ridiculous why are his grades so bad Maybe if he was in America, his grades wouldn't be this bad or as bad as as bad as what it is. And so he's like, I want to take him back. I want to I want to take him back to America. And then that way he can pursue a career in soccer in America. That just sounds so backwards, doesn't it? I'm gonna to go to America and play soccer because that's where they play soccer. Yeah, that 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 was <laughs> But I think I think the reason why he said that cuz obviously in America you have the whole concept of the scholarship. Yeah. So maybe he was thinking if I'm really really good at football, I can get a scholarship to play football and then I can do my studies and play football without having to pay. I mean, I'm not being funny. If you want to play football in the UK, you pay your 50 pence subs and you go and play football. <laughs> or you put two jumpers down and get some of your mates down the park. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think I think that was that was daft, but um I, the the whole concept of if he's in going to be in America playing football, then it can kind of be monitored and controlled and he can get an education, a good education and he can play football too and maybe pursue a career and then after that this is now the Michelangelo that I remember when where once that Mike leaves and the new Mike comes in these two so this is initially it was Mike King and this time I think it was uh, Mike Mason the kids called Michael so every time it keeps up with the theme of Mike and Angelo. So I think they're related anyway. So this is his cousin called also Michael, Mike Mason. And so he becomes the the sidekick. And then now this is the Mike and Angelo that I remember with these two. Again, he's American. And yeah, they 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 get up to all sorts. They cause havoc, cause a mess. And Mike's parents, they they always are like traveling the world. They're always working. And so they come to Rita's home and they're like, why don't you look after Mike for um, a few weeks or whatever while we go to Europe on business? And Mike really likes it. And he's like, can I stay? And Rita's like, yeah, he should just stay because... Angelo wants a friend and 
it will give you guys an opportunity to do your work and you can always come and visit your son if you miss him. And so that's how that tandem begins and that's how that starts. And then down the line, Rita eventually goes off to work somewhere and she doesn't really come back. And Michael's dad is like, maybe I should take you back to America because nobody's going to look after you. If I'm away, I can't just leave you and Angelo here alone. And then Katie, Scottish lady, comes along and she's like, I'll do it. I'll look after you. And yeah, so that's how that, again, I remember her very, very well in the in the piece. And she stays until the end with Angelo and then Michael, he leaves. And then you get Michaela, who again, I think was Michael's cousin. And she for a, uh, one year kind of becomes the the Mike of the piece. And then Katie's nephew, who also is called Mike for a year, he becomes the companion. And so that's how it all ties in together as the piece. I mean, I guess like, um, cause I, I, I'm maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I'm guessing the Michelangelo thing is just a play, just a play on Michelangelo, right? Yeah, because that's why I used to think, I used to say as a kid, I used to think it was called Michelangelo. Yeah, and then so Michaela and Angelo, I guess, is even closer than Mike. Well, Michaela is probably like the girl version of Mike, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so. so I have a couple of points here, right? Uh, here what, we go. So when, imagine um, there's a, a group of people sitting around in a room storyboarding and, and coming up with concepts for this show. And they said, oh yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a little boy upstairs in the bedroom and have a grown man come out of a cupboard and they can be friends. And no one at any point in that said, that's weird. That is really weird. And why is there, why is it, he's just, he just, people just kind of accept throughout, throughout the series that there's a grown man living upstairs in the wardrobe? Well, I don't think he lives in the wardrobe once he's discovered. No, but I mean, he like, ends up having his own room. But why do they say, dude, this is my house. You need to find somewhere else to live. Take your wardrobe and go. And go. Um, anyway, that's just kind of um, some uh, plot holes. I don't think it's a plot hole. I mean, it's a time portal. Okay, so here's like it's a portal or whatever. So, so let me let me key. give you a thing. So your son is upstairs playing with a grown man who was in a wardrobe until five. But seconds. He's an alien. Yeah, but even do they know he's an alien? Yes. Like, as in the. Yes, of course they do. Okay, so right, so this is because a, he does like so he's an magic alien. And... He's an alien or time lord or this and that and the other, right? And he can bend space and time. He can do this and do that, and he's a moron. How? Yeah, but how? How? I don't understand how he's able to do these things. Yeah, Why is he a moron though? I watched an episode where he made a Hoover that was like a, some run on plutonium or something like that. And all it managed to do was like make a mess and suck the man's wig off. <laughs> I re- I saw that episode. That was hilarious. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's like man, that was that was. I was about to swear right now. I was like, that nah, that was funny as sh- shenanigans. <laughs> no, I think I ju- I don't know. I just think it was like um. What? Okay, so what? Uh, okay, I need to stop. What, Paul? What? Because I'm going kind of going to town on some of these things. Let me just. Just do it. 
Paul. When I was a kid, do you know what? I loved this show. And it was like, it was my show. It was yeah, brilliant. I I just, even when you, when you said that we were doing this thing, I kind of got really excited. Yeah, you did. You sent me a message going, yes, I can't wait. Yeah. So like, I'm really looking forward to this thing. And it's, and it was really, it, you know, kind of brought back a lot of memories and I put it on and I'm like, I think when you kind of start thinking about the, the plot and start thinking about what's going on and also I would have sent him back to America long before he found that wardrobe if he was talking to me like that. What do you mean? When Mike comes in, he's just this moodiest little brat ever. I would have just sent him back. Yeah, but you have to consider why he was this moody. I would have left him on the plane. Be like, listen, they're going to refuel this and I'm going to fly back. Just leave him. You want to go to Boston so badly, <laughs> you can go back. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, uh, so I don't know what I'm saying, but anyway, so I'm, I'm going to go back and say like, it was fantastic. And then when, but when I kind of watched this, I only watched, I think I must've watched like the nine, late nineties, probably mid to late nineties when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I never watched the, didn't even know it ran for so long to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. Uh, so I was a bit surprised to I see. I didn't know that, there was another Angelo. Yeah. So it, it ran for what, 11 years, you said? Yeah. That's an incredible amount of time for something to be running, right? For, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's not like, um, it's not changing a great deal. Especially the, really. sa the same kind yeah, of concept yeah, yeah. and just like little characters changed and, um, but kind of all intertwined. And that's another thing when you were going through the, uh, the actual rundown, cause I watched the pilot plus one episode, I think. Then I watched another one in the, in the middle and then I kind of skipped towards the end. And I was like kind of a bit, my mind was kind of all over the place. Cause I, I was a bit like, why? Have they changed every time I watch an episode? They've changed something. They've changed yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. and I thought it was completely unrelated. I thought they just recasted certain characters in it, and that was the end of it. So when you said it's all related, it kind of made a bit more sense. <laughs> right? Do you want to talk about your favorite or not so favorite episodes? Look, I didn't really have a not favorite episode. I still quite, I still enjoyed the episodes. Um, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously as an adult, I'm seeing a lot more plot holes than I would have done as a kid. But I've really enjoyed and 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 a parent too. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's probably got a lot to do. Perspective as as a, as a parent. Yeah, we're talking about. Imagine if your son was this, this, and this. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but and like I said, like someone that can spend space and time, but a complete moron is. It's weird, um, but uh, but that being said, I really enjoyed watching them. So like the first episodes where you know where he actually comes out of the wardrobe, and you know clever camera work and special effects where he's on the ceiling and stuff like that. Cool. Like, he's upside down. Yeah, man. I mean that was that was great fun. Um, and then uh, skip forward a few, I, and I have to say this episode kind of got me glued a little bit because it was quite good. It's one where um, I think it was the same one as the Hoover episode, but I couldn't be sure. I say Hoover vacuum cleaner. If you want to get, um, but it was, uh, the one where this rich, uh, I've forgotten what product he's trying to sell. He's always ice cream guy. He comes in and, and, and cause what's the, what's the woman's name? The Scottish one. She's kind of working for an ad agency. She's Katie. I think. Yeah. So she's kind of working for an ad agency. Anyway, this guy comes in, wanted to sell her product, sell his American product in the UK. And she's got come up with an idea. Then, um, Angelo upsets this guy and he says basically I don't want to see you again. Turns out that Angelo's also this um yodeler. Is that the right word for it? 
<laughs> yeah, so he's kind of yodeling on this video, and this because this guy's from Texas, he sees it on this like video, and he absolutely loves it. Um, so then they got kind of got to work out a way of Angelo to endorse the product, but he doesn't know it's Angelo, so he kind of wears a mask and he's singing and uh, this kind of country song and yodeling and things like that. It's really, really quite cool. Uh, and anyway, at the end, he said like, "What I want you to do? I want you to come out on stage and I want you to be eating my product." Like you know, kind of endorsing it, and he says, "No, I can't. I can't eat your, can't eat it. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to." Sort of thing. And anyway, so it turns out that it, I think he said, "No nonsense. You have got to have some because I need you to do this as part of the advertising campaign." He has some, and he's allergic to it. And he goes, "Oh, there's loads of side effects that can happen when I eat ice cream." And one of them is like I come out in blotches. One of them is something else, and one of them is like, I lose my voice. And it's obviously when you hear that, you know he's gonna. On, he goes on stage in front of loads of like a massive concert and he's got no voice I yeah. think that was the last ever episode oh was that the last one I think so that ah. was the finale well I enjoyed it anyway <laughs> okay for me I did like the the pilot I did think that it set that up pretty nicely the episode where Mike so this is the first Mike when he leaves to America, so there's this whole kind of much ado. And when the dad comes over, Angelo is like, I'm going to try and get them back together. So that way they'll be together and whatnot. And he and little does Angelo know that the dad's only there so that he can take his son back to America. And so he's, Angelo's making this nice fancy dinner for everybody. And he's like to Michael, I need you to go and do this and he's going to do that. And He's trying to make it all intimate. He's trying to make it all nice and whatnot. And then at the end of the dinner, the 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 parents end up kissing. And so Angelo's thinking, "Oh yes, my plan is working. They're gonna they're gonna get back together." But then he, the dad, he looks at this sheet of paper that has like Mike's grades on it, and he's looking at it and he's like, "What the hell is he doing in England? Why is he not?" getting good grades, what, what's, what's going on, what's happening. And then that's when he had the idea, look, I think it's best that he comes back to America with me. He can do his studies there and then he can play f all the football he wants because he'll be able to get on a scholarship and, 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 and what have you. And uh, another really good episode, I thought, was... Uh, so this was the second Michael and his parents, they kind of had like this uh, up and down relationship. And so basically Mike's mom has an interview for a job in London and Mike's dad, he picks up the phone and he basically gives the wife the wrong, like wrong information. And this was like a mistake he made. So it was like, no real wasn't wasn't malicious yeah it wasn't malicious but then she thought it was and she was like you know what i don't want nothing to do with you i wish i never ever met you and angelo makes her realize what life would be like if you never met your husband and she's looking at everything going where's 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 my husband and where's my son and angelo's like well you didn't meet your husband. You didn't have your son. 
and you you're a selfish human being you could see that your sister rita is struggling and he makes her see that life isn't all it's cracked up to be without your without your family and then that's when she realizes okay i love my husband i love my kid and yeah that was a really good episode and i thought that was um because obviously you think angelo is this big old klutz or whatever but he was like sitting down and with her and saying look this is not don't be careful what you wish for because who knows it may happen one day in life you're very lucky to have your family you're very lucky to have a son and you're very lucky to have a husband who 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 loves you so yeah they she comes to her she comes to her senses so i think that was one really really good episode that i um that i really liked and uh in terms of mike and Angela, like i was saying like it was the sort of the height and the pinnacle of citv and like the the theme song particularly the second version of mike and angelo god that theme song is so iconic i i have it in my head and then i'm just automatically transported yeah back to 1995 1996 and i'm after school and i'm watching mike and angelo and then i'm watching funhouse and then i'm watching art attack or i'm watching art attack as a show so this is like CITV in its prime. Like you had all these programs and yeah, like Michelangelo was one of the, 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 the ones that really sticks out and is one of the best shows from, from that era. And when CITV did their old school weekend back in God, when was it? 2012 or 2013. I remember actually I sat down and I watched Mike and Angela and I was like, this is amazing. This is, this is awesome. And yeah, this was, this was a, a program that, yeah, that I have just fond childhood memories of, of, of the, of this program. Just going back. Um, I always said that if I, heaven forbid, if I was to ever lose, uh, the, uh, control of my arms and my legs I'd always be the head of Art Attack <laughs> um, I, I have to agree like you know it, was that Chris Tarrant? I, if it was that'd be brilliant sure I think you I don't know Chris what... Tarrant can go from the head from Art Attack to who wants to be who wants to be a millionaire and beyond that's like i don't know but it just it sounded a lot like chris tarrant who was the head i'm literally writing chris tarrant art attack art attack it was played by jim sweeney in series two uh Andrew O'Connor, oh no, um, Jim Sweeney in Series 2, Andrew O'Connor, and from Series 3, having been redesigned as a puppet, his voice was operated by Francis Wright. So not Chris Tarrant? Not Chris Tarrant. No. At all? Apparently not. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> forget I said that. 
I don't know why I had Chris Tarrant in my head, but I don't know. He, he sounded a bit like Chris Tarrant, I thought maybe. Yeah. Okay, so decision time. Which show are we going with? Michelangelo or The Journey of Alan Strange? Am I going first? Yep. Um, a lot of good things to say about both TV shows. Um, could have fooled me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're not putting the Queen's nose. It'll be very short. But um, so just just purely on um, rewatch value um, and how I felt when I watched it this time around, I'm going to go with uh, Alan Strange. Well, I'm going to have to go with Mike and Angelo simply because I would be betraying my inner child if I didn't go with it. Because like I said, this was man. If I, if I, if I had to compile a short list of programs that just, they just had my heart. They just had me as a child. This would be one of the shows and simply just because of the theme song. And also the fact that I, genuinely yeah it was just one of those shows where you just i just watched it as a kid i used to call it michelangelo all one word and not mike and angelo but no it was just yeah this was this was just classic citv television and i was i was a citv kid for the longest time as a kid and so yeah i i would be betraying myself if i didn't go with mike and angelo so fair one each that's fair enough and uh yeah that that i think that's a good place to uh bring the episode to an end and uh yeah that was uh three good shows three shows that were very prominent in the 90s very prominent in my childhood so uh there you have it uh yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from so uh like download subscribe share do whatever it is your podcast platform does and yeah keep continuing to support and telling me all the good things about my podcast i appreciate everything that you say and you can follow us on instagram at yesterday's capers one you can follow on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. You can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. And yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.